podcast, the EH podcast where we talk about the bread and butter of all things Commander. I'm Spencer Williams, joined as always by my two co-hosts, Tyler and Chandler. Hey. This episode we are going to be talking about Chandler's personal Estrid the Masked. Yeah. It's a fun one. It's a great deck. It is Enchantress, very uh, Voltron. Very much Voltron, yeah. With some other like enchantment. It's not just Voltron y, but more enchantment centered, but yeah. It's also known as Mana Screwed the Deck. Yeah. <laughs> I've had to really rework the land base. I, I just saw 35 lands and I went, uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's after I added one. This past week, when I reworked it, <laughs> I just yeah, I just remember all the times. Just like, dude, I can't find a land. Because so I, I, I know why. I found it really hard to narrow stuff down. Yeah, I was like, well, I'll just take a land out. No, <laughs> gotta have your land base. Even thirty-five is probably a little low, but there's not even. There's barely. I guess we'll get into it, but there's barely yeah. any ramp. Yeah, <laughs> there is. There is no ramp except so. Well, no, you got some of the enchant lands. You got a couple. So I got, yeah, I got some enchant oh, lands. I guess, I guess that counts. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get it there. Really, we'll get yeah, there. We'll Sorry, get, guys. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> I'm getting really excited. All right. So, Chandler, what is, uh, we know your theme is Enchantress. What inspired you to build the deck? Uh, it was one of the first pre-cons I, I bought. And I, before that, I was just playing uh, Kalimni. So I was just, Kitty big boys. Money. It was just, I want to try enchantments out. Precon's easy start. Yeah. So about the precon, I was like, okay, cool. This is this is neat. And then I was, just, it really started me in the kick of like buying precons and then altering them because a lot of my decks are like that. Um, but yeah, just kind of see what I could do with enchantments and that Voltroni style. So in the same precon though, there's uh, Tuvasa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, another really good. In- what what made yeah. you decide to go with Estrid over Tuvasa? Over Tuvasa, I really like Planeswalkers as commanders. Um, that playstyle, I just I like it. It gives a, I like the aspect that they have to attack the Planeswalker versus attacking me. Mm-hmm. Gives a little more interesting combat tricks and stuff like that, or mm-hmm. just like I don't know, gives another element to the game that. Instead of just like, well, we got to get rid of his commander. It's a little different. So, I don't know. That's kind of the main thing. Well, and and this doesn't relate particularly to this deck or the strategy, but like most of the time, feeling uh, playing a Planeswalker isn't always the best thing, but it mm-hmm. feels powerful, it feels good. right? Yeah. Like it feels good to play. Yeah. And sometimes that can be a good distraction of like, okay, we got to deal with Estrid. And then sometimes it can be like, well, it's just Estrid. She's over there doing the same plus two every time or whatever. Right. That's my hope most of the time. Most of the time it doesn't it doesn't work out because it gets yeah. focused. But um yeah, and I really like her her minus seven ability is really what I'm trying to to pop off because it's just a crazy amount of value. And so that's kind of why I'm like, okay, I'm gonna run her as the commander versus like Tuvasa, because I really wanna have the potential to to get that off yeah. more. Whereas if it's just in the deck, it's not I may get to play that every now and then. You want to go ahead and read off Estrid for us? Let's do it. She is one generic, a green, a white, and a blue. And she has the plus two ability of untap each enchanted permanent you control. 
a minus one ability to create a white aura enchantment token named Mask attached to another target permanent. The token has enchant permanent and totem armor. Um, then a minus seven ability says put the top seven cards of your library into your graveyard. Return all non-aura enchantment cards to from your graveyard to the battlefield. Then do the same for aura cards. So wow, silly. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That minus seven is just that's the bread and butter of it. Like uh, the plus two is wild. It's really good. Yeah, especially really with, good. Especially with we'll get to the ramp package, but like <laughs> when you, when you have four. Four plus enchanted things, mm-hmm. especially lands. Like, I mean, you're already trying to get to that minus seven, just a plus two, and yeah, basically get a ton of your mana back. It's really what makes I think that makes this deck interesting to play turn by turn. Mm-hmm. And like, where a normal Voltron deck, you're like, all right, I'm gonna throw a bunch of stuff on one creature, I'm gonna swing it, and then you're like, well, crap, now. I have no defenses because I had one big creature. Yeah. Like, unless you get vigilance on that creature. But this is like, well, after you attack, you can just untap them <laughs> or, like, you know, save that plus two till the second main phase. There's other, there's other tricks that you can do with it that make it really interesting to play versus just, like, a normal straightforward deck. Yeah, it's really cool. The plus two is, like, you can almost just, with so many enchantments and way to enchant all kinds of permanents, mm-hmm. you can almost just, like, restart your turn after your yeah, attack step. Almost it's like two turns. Yeah. It's kind of powerful. Yep. And the fact that she drops with three loyalty and then goes straight to five on the first time you play her is like, yeah. That's that's great. That's yeah. good. It's nothing yeah. to skip over, you know? Mm-hmm. It's great. Great commander. Love Estrid. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to build an Estrid deck for a long time as an Enchantress commander. Mm-hmm. And then you had it and... Uh, I loved it. And I, we got to play, mm-hmm. you know, we we did, we swapped decks, IRL playgroups a lot. Yeah. I love playing your Astro deck. Uh, it's one of my favorites for sure. It's awesome deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, re, reworking it the other day or like fixing the land base a little bit and stuff. I, I realized how much I miss playing this deck because yeah. I haven't played it in a while. Man. She's awesome. So good. It's a scary deck. This <laughs> <laughs> is powerful. It's <laughs> cool. Yeah, we've had some good... Some good games with it. All right. Well, let's start off with the land base. Uh, 35 lands, maybe a little too. Maybe a little too few. uh, (laughs) It's risky for me. We'll start with uh, Azorius Chancery, Blossoming Sands, Command Tower, Evolving Wilds, Seven Forests, One Forge of Heroes, Six Islands, One Crosen Verge, One Meandering River, one Moss Warp Bridge, Seven Plains, One Seaside Citadel, Selesnya Sanctuary, Simic Growth Chamber, Thornwood Falls, Tranquil Cove, Tranquil Expanse, and Woodland Stream. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Basically all the dual lands that come in the pre-con and then added a few more. And yeah, just a pretty basic land package, I mean... This deck could, if you if you were able to just tune it up a little bit. Yeah, I think definitely, taking it to the next level would be that land package would really. Yeah, like that would definitely help out a lot. 
And I think you could, you could even just switch out some of the tap lands for some check lands and mm-hmm. things that are like a couple dollars a piece. Yeah, something a little more faster than these yeah. like tap, just slightly. tap and, yeah. yeah. And make sure you can hit all the colors you need right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I really like is the bounce lands, mm-hmm. the guild bounce lands, like uh, Zori's Chancery and Simic yeah. uh, Growth Chamber. Growth Chamber. Yeah. Those are fun. Those are really, really good early. Well, when you enchant them oh, and yeah. you double up on a two mana land, mm-hmm. is like, whew, that yeah. feels good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, some of that stuff is why I'm like, I feel like I can run a little bit less lands because it it can build up like that, but I know I need to add <laughs> at least one or two more just yeah. to, to have that assurance and the consistency. Or you need to, you need to at least like prioritize hitting land, like hitting lands in your first hand mm-hmm. over spicy plays. Yeah. Cause a lot of the <laughs> plays that you can make in this deck, definitely you need a lot of investment in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Alrighty. Next we got just three instants in the deck. Yeah. We have a Bant Charm, a Counterspell, and an Unwind. Yeah. Literally just a little bit of control and a little bit of... It really came into play of just like countering some of those board wipes and countering the destroy enchantment type stuff. Um, yeah, that was kind of it. My counters to some blue stuff and some black stuff. Yeah, it makes um, sense. And the Unwind feels really good. Uh, like we say, like tap three to unwind, but then I could potentially untap something that's enchanted and go and mana get, positive. Go mana positive yeah. for a counter spell just seems silly. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of cool. But yeah, I'm gonna go over. There's uh, only one other planeswalker. It's a Johnny Steadfast. I'm gonna hit it real quick. Yeah, um, it's a uh, three and a white. Uh, it's plus one is until end of turn, up to one target creature gets plus one, plus one, gains first strike, vigilance, and lifelink. It's minus two is put one, plus one, put a plus one, plus one on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each other planeswalker you control. And then minus seven is you get an emblem with if a source would deal damage to you or a planeswalker you control, prevent all damage but one of that damage. Yeah. A Johnny's cool. Johnny's cool. It's not uh, super efficient, I feel like, uh, sometimes. But but that plus one is fitting the mold of what you're trying to do in this mm-hmm. deck, which is pump a creature, and those three effects are so They, they really do. They fit well with the deck. The minus two I really like the most because it can get Astrid to that minus seven that much quicker. Mm-hmm. And so it's really helped out in late game stuff where I'm like, board's been wiped, but if I can throw Astrid out and a Johnny's out there, get Astrid and then get everything back. Right. That's, that, that's kind of the reason I like, like I mean, put it in there. But yeah, the minus, the minus seven ability is kind of like a bonus. <laughs> it's actually yeah. like the, min- the minus one is actually really nice because... Uh, a lot of the times, Estrid, if it does ult, it'll ult and kill itself. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. minusing a Johnny will put it at that point where you can keep Just it out. one extra over, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then most people will go, okay, well, I'm not going to kill Estrid. She's only at one now. Right, right. And they let's that value engine stay out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I oh. mean, the plus one also provides, like, 
whatever creature you're investing in or I mean you can have multiple creatures invested in this deck. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's kind of widespread, but it gives it vigilance. So it makes sure that that creature stays alert so it's even harder to attack into mm-hmm. your planeswalkers. And you yep. get lifelink. Lifelink yeah, is, which is huge, especially when you're crazy. hitting for like maybe forty. Yeah. And then get forty life. Yeah. It's silly. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, because then, because then, because then, people are like, "Oh man, Chandler's at like, you know, sixty fifth, you know, fifty plus life." Mm-hmm. Uh, now I just have to attack Astrid, and then ten turns later, it's like Chandler's still at sixty life. Yeah, like, uh <laughs> like it just feels like you're just a giant. Yeah, that's but, why yeah. deflecting palm at an every deck you can <laughs> come up in speed. I'm pretty sure it's won me a game against this deck when I had my fire song deck. Probably, probably. <laughs> Yeah. That minus seven, I really like the minus seven. I'll say I've only gotten it, I think, in two games. Mm -hmm. And one of them I won. But the second game, I got that emblem and still lost. Oh, wow. I think Paul did some kind of weird, like, pinging thing. Paul do you. He pulled me. Yeah, he pulled a Paul. It was appalling. (laughs) But he Paul attixed his way out. All right, moving yeah. on, moving on. Moving <clears throat> on. We only got one artifact. It's a soul ring. That's just because it was in the pre-con. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's soul ring. Like It's a soul ring. There's no there's no bad way of running it. Yeah, it's good good value. We might as well just say cards in the 98 now. Yep. Soul ring is <laughs> your well, other, soul 90, rings your other commander. Nine, 97 <laughs> with arcane signal. Because <laughs> yeah. if, if, you, if you don't have that Turn one souling soul ring into arcane signet, then you're not really playing. Magic. Yeah, are you even playing commander? Like, <laughs> yeah, and if you don't have a mana crypt on top of it, uh, uh, anyways. Um, oh man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I guess we'll go into sorceries because <laughs> I mean, soul ring is yeah, it's just a given. It's a card. Uh, yeah. You have cleansing meditation, uh, creeping renaissance, day of judgment, crucifix insight, and winds of wrath. Yeah. Forgot you had a cleansing meditation. Yeah, it's the interesting one of the lot, I feel like. Um, Because it seems counterintuitive at first. It says... Nope. (laughs) Well, for me, I was like, destroy all enchantments. I would go, oh, crap. That's my whole goal. But it's the threshold that you really have to have. Yeah, okay. So cleansing meditation is one and two white. Destroy all enchantments. It has threshold, which is you have threshold if seven or more cards are in your graveyard. Instead, destroy all enchantments, then return to play all cards in your graveyard destroyed this way. Yeah. So it's like a, uh, oh, yeah, oh, just just kidding. <laughs> I got all of them. Yeah. All of them back. Yeah. yeah it's kind I have of, this in my cigar to deck, and I'm like, this card just wins games. Yeah, it's just my way to deal with other people's enchantments. Because it's kind of hard to deal with enchantment decks when you're running an enchantment deck. Right. Yep. It's just zaddy plays on top of zaddy plays. It just... Gets out of hand. And, and enchantments are already kind of hard to deal with for most mm-hmm. colors, right? Yeah. Zaddy plays. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Love that um, card. Yeah, I love Zaddy's plays. <laughs> I, Creeping Renaissance is a card I've been considering. I have a couple copies of it in my binder mm-hmm. from back in the day, but it's a card I've been considering putting in a lot more decks because yeah. it has flashback. Or I'll just read it real mm-hmm. quick. Creeping Renaissance is... Uh, 
three and two green for a sorcery. It says choose a permanent type, return all cards of the chosen type from your graveyard to your hand, and it has flashback for five and a, uh, two green. Uh, that's a card I've been considering running a lot more because it's so good. It's so good, man. And there's a lot of permanents that you're just, for instance, if you're just running, say your deck is just running like uh, six or seven artifacts, right? Mm-hmm. Just in any other, any old strategy that yep. you can play creeping renaissance. Those are probably artifacts you want to run mm-hmm. and you want you to, have to have them around. Yeah. Right. So like creeping renaissance is just like, Hey, I know you like, like those are in there for a reason. If they get right. destroyed, pick them back okay. up. Like, yeah, it's kind of like a, it doesn't even have to be like, like you're saying, you may be running six artifacts in the deck, but it's not artifact centered deck, right. maybe. And so it still has value in decks that aren't focused. It also doesn't focused. have like a restriction of what type it is. You mm-hmm. get to choose whatever type it is. Yep. So it can be running a creature deck, it can be running an artifact deck, it can be running a enchantment deck. I mean, it's just... It's got flashback. It's wild. Yeah. So you can really get two. Good. You can get two different types of permanents from mm-hmm. the graveyard. Yep. Bless. So good. Love that yep. card. You got... Day of Judgment and Winds of Wrath are pretty much the same. Kind of like duplicated effects of just wiping the board. But um, having the totem armor on a lot of stuff is really the like saving grace of that. Of like, okay, I need a way to deal with big board states that are trying to go wide because the weakness of a Voltron deck is somebody going wide and then yeah. just get around you. That matter. I, you have I would one. actually recommend instead of Day of Judgment. Running a divine reckoning. Oh yeah, where you choose a creature and then everyone, every person chooses a creature and then you sack the rest. Mm. Yeah. Well, the sack wouldn't be as good as destroy with the totem armor because even if it had totem armor on it, well, no, still be you get to choose the creature that stays alive. Right. What I'm saying is like if I had, if I had a board state where there's like, I had three creatures out if it said destroy instead of sacrifice that would be perfect I think then it I can is have destroy like, is it destroy because if it's sacrifice then I gotta I get to keep one and I have to I have to get rid of the other two but if I had like totem armor on two of them and I could keep to choose the one that doesn't have totem armor and then just remove the totem armor and the other ones that would be perfect it is destroy it's destroy for divine reckoning mm-hmm. so it's oh. more ideal yeah okay, so for divine okay. reckoning that's that's better that's but yeah the other ones, what is it? Uh, f- what are the other ones that are similar that sack? There's a couple that. Um, there is. Um, oh, I can't think of any of them right now off the top of my yeah. head. Yeah, I single combat. Like, single combat is one. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. The one. only reason I think those are super helpful in these decks is because for the most part, you're probably going to invest in one creature more than others. Mm-hmm. So providing that ability and then. You might be dealing with someone who's playing something where all their creatures are indestructible. Having that right. ability to sack is crazy. Right. There's a new really good one that came out uh, called Promise of Loyalty for four and a white. It's a sorcery. Each player chooses a creature they control and sacrifices the rest. But it says you put a vow counter on the creature you chose and that creature can't attack you or planeswalkers you control as long as they have the vow counter on them. Mm. That's another card that's like really good for yeah. a strategy like this. Yeah. What? Yeah. Protect your estrogen, get rid of problems. Spicy. Yeah. It's a good one. I think part of that too is 
Day of Judgment was already in the package. Yeah. I think the pre-con. Yeah. And this yeah. was still pretty but this is still pretty budget. I mean, overall it's running Card Kingdom like 130, 140. Yeah, it's pretty budget. Pretty pretty budget. So but yeah, I mean, I'll definitely consider those things. That's much more value. If you're trying to get some zaddy yeah. up. Especially mm-hmm. Divine Reckoning, because it's another card that has flashback. Oh yeah. Just extra uh, gravy. Yeah. It's a double board wipe. That recursion is great. Yeah. Super good. Yep. Cool. Let's move on to creatures. Speaking of destruction. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have 22 creatures in the deck. We have an Ajani's Chosen, Archetype of Endurance, Archetype of Imagination, Archon of Valor's Reach, Aura Narlid, Bruna, Light of Alabaster, Cold Eyed Selkie, Eidolon of Blossoms, Elderwood Scion, Heavenly Blade Master, Heliod, God of the Sun. Herald of the Pantheon, Hydra Omnivore, Kestia the Cultivator, Mesa Enchantress, Nylea's Colossus, Ravenous Slime, Shalai Voice of Plenty, Silent Sentinel, Transcendent Envoy, Tuvasa the Sunlit, and Whitewater Naiads. Yep. It's a lot. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's 22. It's not like a crazy amount of creatures. It's a decent amount. Decent amount, but. The enchantments are really the key part of it, but there's some really cool interactions with these creatures. Um, yeah, any of them stick out to you guys? Hydra Omnivore. Yeah, I I I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I just put that one back in the deck because it wasn't in the deck. That card is yeah, slap happy baby. Yeah. A Hydra Omnivore, for those who don't know, it is four and two green. That's right, six mana for an eight eight eight. Hydra. (laughs) It says whenever Hydra Omnivore deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to each other opponent. Man, I just love this guy. If you're trying to get slap happy Mm -hmm. and want to hit some some damage across the board, yeah. He's good, man. Yeah. Bro, all I can think about is the cards that you could add that have been... I just think about that partner commander that at the beginning of combat add attach each equipment and aura to a creature you control. Oh, yeah, Arden. Oh, my gosh, dude. There's so <laughs> many cards. He's been, So, Chandler has been out of the game a little bit yeah. since Corona. He hasn't been really... Yeah. Oh, my gosh, dude. There's so many good cards that I can think of. God, uh, this deck could be nuts. Nuttier. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exciting because I don't mm-hmm. think you you wouldn't have to break the budget to to add these cards. A Not lot of all. them are super cheap. Yeah, but uh, freaking some of the cards. I mean, Arch- Archon of Valor or Valor's Reach. Four, yeah, that's a good one. Four and a green and a white. Flying Vigilance Trample. As it enters the battlefield, choose artifact, enchantment, instant sorcery, or planeswalker. Players can't cast spells of the chosen type. This card has yeah. That was my <laughs> answer to a lot of decks. Yeah, this was him saying I really don't like counter magic. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is an underrated creature. It really is. I don't say what. I don't know why it's not in more. Like I haven't seen it in many <laughs> other decks. It's crazy it's powerful. So you get it's six mana for a five six flying vigilance and trample. Mm-hmm. That alone is like primo. Yeah, and then you get the choose a, a card type that isn't creature. Players can't play that card type. Like, yeah, man, you could hose some decks. That, 100%. And it has. <laughs> yeah, that card, and then uh, Shall I Voice of Plenty, I think really helped bring the deck to another level mm. than its pre-con. I love Shall stuff. I. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
giving you and your planeswalkers hexproof. It just and all the other creatures you control have hexproof. It's a solid protection. Shall I continue with all the disgusting cards? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Bruna, Light of the Alabaster. Mm-hmm. It's uh, three, two white and a blue. Flying Vigilance. Whenever Bruna, Light of the Alabaster attacks or blocks, you may attach to it any number of auras on the battlefield and you may put onto the battlefield attached to it any number of aura cards that could enchant it from your graveyard or hand. It's so silly. <laughs> hey, do you have auras anywhere except library? Throw them on air. Bring them here. <laughs> Just throw them. Yeah. Well, but wait, there's more. There's more. Yeah. <laughs> not really. Not to the card, but that's yeah. essentially what this card says. It just yeah. smacks them. She's dope. It's a great way to get that graveyard stuff. Crazy. Back. Crazy card. Another one. I mean, <sighs> Heavenly Blade Master. It's five <laughs> and a white. It's flying double strike. When Heavenly Blade Master enters the battlefield, you may attach any number of auras or equipments you control to it. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus one for each aura and equipment attached to Heavenly Blade Master. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, just, I don't know what to say. It's, <laughs> and I, I want... We'll point out, too, like, in this deck, since your commander isn't your Voltron, like, you're mm-hmm. not just playing your commander and then throwing all the stuff you have onto it. Yeah. these The creatures you... You're, you have to enchant having them be like just face breaker creatures mm-hmm. makes this deck like really scary mm-hmm. because the you don't know what you don't know what to plan for right it's not just a oh got to get rid of their commander then they can't do anything right yeah it's like is he going to hit me with flying is he going to hit me with Something that has its own protection. Is he going to hit me with the Hydra Omnivore? Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know. Is he not even going to hit me? Is he going to hit the other guy and have damage coming? Yeah. So it's cool. It's like you have like secret commander, like surprise, (laughs) you're getting hit with this that has all these attachments and stuff. It's cool. I think an underrated card in this deck that's, it may be my favorite card and it's may sound weird to say after those big, Breakers in it because it's a it's a common or mm-hmm. it's a yeah it's a common is Aura Narwid. I was literally about it's to talk so about it. It's so good in this deck. <laughs> yeah. He's two and a green. Uh he says creatures with power less than Aura Narwid's power can't block it. And he gets a one one for each aura on the battlefield. Not yours. Each. Each on the battlefield. Not just so yours. It doesn't have to be attached to him. <laughs> yeah. Just on the battlefield. It's Crazy, because you can have like have Heavenly Blade Master just loaded up with auras, <laughs> and then you can't block Aura Narwood. It's, it's pretty a, good. It's been a game winner for me a lot. It's just like something that you can't. Yeah. Get so around. it's unblockable, and then yeah. it gets plus yeah, plus one. Yeah, and then for you're each. like, you're like, am I really gonna remove this stupid three mana two two? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he has a burnout too. Yeah, but the auras got me a dead to rights. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I guess I gotta path that, or, <laughs> or he just hits Tyler with the Hydra Omnivore and then kills me because yep. the Hydra Omnivore just all that. Extra I'll take day. that trade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, it's cool. Some fun ones, man. Freaking Cold Eye Selkie. That's an interesting one. That's yeah. a gas creature. Yeah, one hybrid Simic, double Simic. Uh, Merfolk Rogue with Island Walk it says whenever Cold-Eyed Selkie deals combat damage to a player you may draw that many cards oh yeah Ugh. <laughs> hit it with the 
you get a couple auras on it, and yeah, baby. now you're drawing five. Yeah, who cards needs enchantresses? Right. Yeah. yeah. When you got cold eyes, Selkie smacking you for thirty six. <laughs> <laughs> At that yeah. point, it's just it's just the hope that'll deck himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has yeah. to draw. Oh uh, man, I the archetypes of endurance and imagination, giving everything flying, and hexproof, and. Yeah, that's it. I thought I had the trample one, but I've, no, I don't think I have that one. I believe. But those are really just adding the keywords to all of it on top of it. It's yeah, just, they're making everyone else lose it. Mm-hmm. And their enchantments. Don't. So yeah, that's a relevant. So card they though. count. Yeah, a lot of times they count towards uh, some of the other enchantments that are gonna the auras really play off of that. Yeah, yeah. the archetypes yeah. are cool. They're very good cards. I like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, another cool creature I just wanted to mention before we move to our final category, uh, Kestia the Cultivator. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. awesome. Very cool. Yeah. She is one, a green, a white, and a blue for legendary enchantment creature, Nymph. She's a 4-4. Four, four. She has Bestow, which is three, a green, a white, and a blue. Um, bestow lets you uh, cast it as an aura, which enchants a creature, and when the creature it enchants dies, it becomes a creature. Um, enchanted creature gets plus four, plus four, and whenever an enchanted creature or an enchantment creature you control attacks, draw a card. I have yeah. always kind of gone back to looking at Kestia as a cool commander because mm-hmm. um, it's like a different cool way to get value out of Ultron. And she always costs six. Yeah, she yeah. always costs six. You can just bestow. Which usually is, you're like, oh, six costs a commander, but having that guarantee of just paying six... Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to get rid of her because she'll enchant to a creature and then become okay. a creature. Mm-hmm. So she's always going to be a problem. Yeah. Yep. Does that if she's enchanted on a creature, would that still count as commander damage? No, no, because it's on another creature, and that's that creature's giving it the damage. Yes. Okay. Yeah, commander yeah, damage. Cool. Commander damage is tied to like the, the physical name. game yeah. object that is the commander. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, it's cool. Yep. Drawing cards. I've thought about her as a commander multiple times. Yeah, she's cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. 32 enchantments. 32. Get them, buddy. 32. Let's go for it. <laughs> See if I can read this Let's time. Just, just uh, note the first three enchantments, and I think you got the gist of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got All That Glitters, Ancestral Mask, Bear Umbra, Dark Steel Mutation, Dawn's Reflection, Drake Umbra, Enchantress's Presence, Energy Flux, Estrid's Invocation, Ethereal Armor, Face of Divinity, Fertile Ground, Finest Hour, Gift of Paradise, Hyena Umbra, Oath of Teferi, O-Ring, Onseer's Wings, Overgrowth, uh, Sage's Reverie, Sandworm Convergence, Sigil of the Empty Throne, Snake Umbra, Spawning Grounds, Sphere of Safety, Starfield of Ninx, Stasis, True Conviction, Unflinching Courage, Unquestioned Authority, Wild Growth, and Wilderness Wreck. It's Good a job. list. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I got through it. Yep. So, yeah. Crazy. There's some silly stuff in this. I. This made me building this deck really made me like enchant, uh, enchantments a whole lot. Enchantments are a really cool archetype. 
Yeah. But yeah, lots of auras, but there's also lots of just straight up enchantments in here. Um, but yeah. So what jumps out right away? What's what's some of your, your top picks? The top picks? Um, Estrid's Invocation is just a really cool interaction. And it came out with Estrid. Right. It's, $13 now. Yeah. Pretty but that's wild. just a cool... And I'll read it off real quick. So it's two and a blue. It's an enchantment. It says, you may have Estrid's Invocation enter the battlefield as a copy of any enchantment you control, except it gains at the beginning of your upkeep. You may exile this enchantment. If you do, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. So, gosh, at every upkeep of yours, you can just flicker pick, it out and come back in as something else. Pick the next best enchantment yeah, you next have. best enchantment that has come out yeah. since then. So then you play Mirror Maid and do two. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yep. Yep. That one sticks out. Oath of Teferi is a good one. Um. Yeah, just getting loyalty counters and abilities twice. I can just, tell you which ones annoy me the most. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say Stasis. That's a little too easy, but Energy Flux is yeah. a freaking hose. Yep. So I, I like he brings out Estrid, and I'm like, I'm not playing an artifact deck. Yeah. Because for some reason he draws it every, every time. single time. Yep. I Your played artifacts. a Bray. Whenever I played Brea, Energy Flux was out turn three, and I'm like, all right, I can't play games can't anymore. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, it's been a fun, but that's the exact reason why it's in there. It's just, yeah, it's to a, like just make a non-game for one yep. player. <laughs> essentially, <laughs> just make you not have a good time. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's because. There are no artifacts in this except for the soul ring. And, and it pays for itself. Yeah, it just pays for it. So it's not really a loss for me and keeps me from getting... Most of the time those artifact decks are going wide anyways with like Thopters or Mirrors or something weird. And so it yeah. gets around it. It's just that counter to that basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's impossible to deal with. Because <laughs> none of my stuff has enchantment removal, so I just mm. don't play the game. That game, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, I forgot you you played True Conviction, and mm -hmm. that's just I mean that's such a gas white card. It's yeah. three and three white for an enchantment. Creatures you control have double strike and lifelink. I mean, you may not control a lot of creatures in this deck, but always having double strike and lifelink. Dude. For every creature that comes down is like powerhouse. It's so good. Man, there's yeah. games where I've had like 150 life. <laughs> just like no problem. Yeah. Which seems so silly, but like <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's especially in this life game deck that we, we've been talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and you put an Aether Flex Reservoir in here. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, Sandworm Convergence is such a good card. It's like one of my favorite cards. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah, It's one of those cards that you're like, yeah, it's eight mana. It's a lot, but man, not having creatures with flying attack you and then just making worms. Mm -hmm. More stuff to enchant. That's what I aspire to be. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just sitting there. You got a, you got a Thopter, can't attack me. Yeah. I make a 5-5 five, five worm. It's yeah, my favorite. It's, it's, it's my vibe. It's what yeah. I it's what I want to yeah. do. <laughs> um, Spencer, I think you recommended this one. Maybe... It might have been Tyler, but Finest Hour. Oh, my oh God. yeah. So good. I was about to talk about this one. So good. Yeah. Just adding that extra combat. 
It's just so it good. Is. Go ahead and read off Finest yeah, Hour. That's, yeah, that's a little powerhouse of a card. All right, it's two, a green, a white, and a blue. It says, uh, it's an enchantment has exalted. Whenever a creature you control attacks alone, that creature gets plus one, plus one until the end of turn. And it says, whenever a creature you control attacks alone, if it is the first combat phase of the turn, untap that creature. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. Just so good. Especially, like, if you have more, even if you have more than one creature out, you swing one, get through with all this evasion, and then swing everything and get through again. Yeah. Kind of it's just... Just saying. There's no red in this card, and it's kind of <laughs> triggering. <laughs> yeah, this is a really old card. Yeah, yeah. but I, I mean, every time I think about, like, even with an equipment deck within a band, like, circle, I'm like, finest hour, hour just deserves to be in this deck. For sure. Because mm-hmm. it's just such a, it's such an underrated card, and just provides, I mean, you can literally knock someone out instantly within a combat phase. Yeah. When it's key, it's key in a strategy like this, which is why it's such, I think why it's such a significantly great card. It's key mm-hmm. in a strategy like Voltron, where when one person sees the kill trick of like, oh, he's got a big duty, just smashed that guy, killed him. Right. Then it's like, okay, well, if they have the removal spell, then you kind of just did them a favor by killing their opponent and then they just remove your creature, right? Mm-hmm. But this changes the pace to like, now I'm going to kill two people right. that can stop me. I'll just mm-hmm. kill the, the two decks that I think have the best contest against me. Yep. And then the third person's going, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I'll untap and draw and hope I get a kill spell. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Finest Hour is just like... Phew, Changes the whole pace. Except they can untap because they have stasis out. Stasis, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and they're having to pay for all their artifacts with energy <laughs> flux. Yeah. Yeah. I'll now, say, I'm a huge proponent of stacks, so I understand stasis. Mm-hmm. And in this yeah. deck, you it, can change the parity because you have Estrid. Yeah. Stasis and, makes sense in this deck. Yeah. It makes sense because of the untapped land or the, the 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 enchant lands, right? And that's what I was about to talk about. Like that's kind of a unsung hero in a sense that with Estrid's ability, being able to like tap during your main phase, your first main phase, do what you want, use Estrid, untap, uh, do your attacks, your little finest hour stuff, and then. Uh, you can untap again. And that just like gets around the stasis thing while everybody else still has to deal with it. It's like an alt win con. Yeah. Almost. It really is. And we I took it out for a while because it was just kind of annoying to play against. But yeah. then I'm like, well, it's just a good card. It's a win con. There's not any other really win cons in here other than just smack people in the face with one big creature. And so it kind of gave me a little more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't knock it. I think... Especially when it when you can see the writing on the wall, mm-hmm. it feels it feels way better yeah. than being like, oh, we have to draw pass for six turns in a row. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, he's gonna kill us in two turns. Like we have a clock. Yeah, it's it's clear. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. At the right timing, Stasis will just win, we'll win. for sure. Mm-hmm. Also, like I th- I feel like early with budget, it just felt worse because it didn't feel like we had much. But I feel like the landscape has kind of changed more. So mm-hmm. yeah, it just it feels like a necessary card, and I, and I don't knock you for it. Yeah. But I do knock you for I don't think you have enough ramp in this deck. 
Yeah, I'm surprised not to see more enchant lands. There's like yeah, five, I, six. So I've, I took one out um, and put another land in just because I needed to straight up land base. But I also found that like some of the enchant lands that I had weren't as efficient as the other ones. So I just kept the more efficient ones and took out one or two. Um, yeah, a lot of them so. are. Like there's only like five, six ones that are worth running in my opinion. Yeah. 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 But but yeah. But um, in most decks you're you're dealing with like thirty six, thirty seven lands and then usually seven to eight forms of ramp. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and the average CMC in this deck is pretty high. three point nine. Yeah, it's you're hitting four mana on average for mm-hmm. most of the stuff you want to play. Yes. So it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I mean, you, especially if I can get to like turn six or seven, and I've got Estrid out, and I've got an Enchant Land. That six land turns into eight or mm-hmm. more mana because of the tap untap tricks. It can make it where I can play more of my hand than I normally would be able to, and it it counters some of that. Like only running thirty five lands, but. You got to make sure you draw. You got to make sure that. Well, I think you should run some more. uh, Like, you could run. uh, We just talked about it last episode. Doubles mana, cast creatures, draw a card. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zendikar Resurgent. Yeah. Where you're doubling mana and Mm -hmm. then also drawing cards because there's enough creatures in this deck to make that card worth it. Or Mirari's Wake. Mirari's Wake's expensive, though. Mm -hmm. I got the reprint recently. It's gone down. It's only like two, three bucks. I remember. Really? Yeah. It's only two, three bucks? I'm pretty sure. Pick that up right now. (laughs) I I remember thinking about putting uh, Zendikar's Resurgence in there, but at the time I was, we were in a budget, and so I was trying to stay under that, and Stasis kind of put me over (laughs) that part. And so I was like, well, I'll just do Stasis instead of Zendikar. Well, there's one card in here. Welcome to the dog side. uh, Spawning Grounds, which is six and two. Mm -hmm. uh, Green, which you can tap to create a five-five green beast with trample, which is nice. But yeah, Zendikar's Resurgence would just let better. you slap mm-hmm. <laughs> fifty enchantments and draw cards off your creatures. Like I just, yep, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'd excited dr- to see where this deck is gonna go with your changes mm-hmm. if you make any. Yeah, because yeah. there's oh my gosh, dude, I've it's nuts. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a some really great banger cards that you can yeah. include here. I don't know what I don't know what's in that new precon, but maybe even worth picking up. Yeah, but yeah I, the precons are cheaper than they used to be now, right? They're I mean, they're roughly about twenty thirty bucks. Yeah, I think they're yeah. They usually sit about thirty 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 five. Okay. Yeah, so I think Esther was like forty when I picked her up the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that was probably because of just. Print. Inflation and stuff. Yeah, Prints, I mean yeah. the I bet the twenty eighteen ones are way higher now because there's cards that are twenty thirty bucks. Then we talked mm-hmm. about it. Uh, Retrofitters Foundry is now thirty bucks. Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. like crazy That's cards. That, uh, it's a Healy deck. Yeah, cards gnarly. I knew I was like there were so many cards that like artifacts. I was like that's more expensive than Retrofitters. Retrofitters are way better. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was right. There's a lot of cards you're surprised to see the price. But. Well, for a while, those decks were like given so much crap for like not being like very co- like cohesive, but they 
produce some disgusting cards. <laughs> mm-hmm. And all the planeswalkers are very interesting. Oh yeah. Sahili, Astrid is fantastic. I mean, everyone knows Lord Windgrace is absurd, but yeah, I love that cycle. Yeah. All of them good. are very cool. Yeah. Yep. I feel like the one thing we hadn't really talked about is the actual auras. Most of the ones of the enchantments we hit on were just straight up enchantments. Right. But there are some really crazy auras in here. Just Ancestral Mask is a must to run. Yep, that's a slap. But it's one of those things that we talk about, like the aura in Arlid, where it just says each other enchantment on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. That includes the auras. It includes every other enchantment that everybody has. Yep. And it gets plus two, plus two for each of those. <laughs> Then you had all that glitters and ethereal armor. <laughs> yeah, ethereal and then slap armor. a bear umbra on there, untap your lands, do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, little loop-de-loop yeah. and pull. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Oath of Teferi Dude. is a card that uh, is good, and I feel like in a lot of decks it's a trap. Mm. Like a lot of people just play it because they're like, I get another activation, but it's like, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But in this deck... Just being able to get to that point where you're like you're forcing an old turn, the first turn she comes out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's very niche. I mean you could probably like you're gonna because it's in the command zone, it's a lot more justifiable because then you always have access to it. But with two planeswalkers and almost every other circumstance, you would not want to run this card. But yeah, literally with Estrid, you're you're creating. Two untap effects, which just swings a huge turn in mm-hmm. your favor. And if you've already had her out and you play it and it's already plus five, <laughs> you're ulting the turn this thing comes out. Right. And you're like, it's just it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. It's a sleeper. Uh I agree. Just just keep whenever Estrid's out, you just gotta remember to attack her. <laughs> <laughs> and everything will be okay. But first you have to destroy his sphere of safety yeah. and then get past his flying life. No, I'll just pay the 12. <laughs> I'll just pay the 12, man. And then, well, first you have to destroy stasis. Let me recreate myself. Oh, my bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then I have to pay for each artifact. I yeah, have. yeah. No, it's cool. I, I like, again, and going back, Esther, it's cool because the game plan isn't always the same. It's not mm-hmm. predictable. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. And it gives a good replay value because then you're like, because I feel like for me, it's like when I do the Voltron trick, it's like, okay, I, I did my Voltron for the night. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'll put that yeah. deck off to the side and play my other ones. Right. But with Estrid, I feel like it's got a lot of replay value because you can be like, oh man, remember that time I hide your Omnivore the table? Or remember that time my, <laughs> my Bruna, my Bruna sucked up all the enchantments and was like a 75-75 yep. <laughs> with Lifeling and like all this crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah it's a choose your own adventure uh, art of, yeah. or, uh, aura deck <laughs> yeah. instead of just, oh, I'm playing Sigarda. <laughs> Gosh, whoever plays Sigarda is just <laughs> stupid. I mean, it's Estrid the Masked, the RPG. It's no RPG. class, man. Yeah. Sigarda, just no class. Degenerate. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have one. Right. Uh, Easy. Yeah, buddy. no, this deck, this deck is really cool. And at first you go, uh, why are you not using your commander as your Voltron? But yeah, it it is huge. And it's always nice because you're not, you're not dependent on your commander you're dependent on your commander in another way, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I dig that a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Any last minute thoughts, guys? Just go out and build an Astro deck. <laughs> yeah. 
Band's cool. She's great. Love it. All right. I think that one wraps this up. So if you'd like to get in touch with us, the best way to do so is email us at bnbpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Hopefully we'll get a Twitter up soon. Just kind of jumping through some hoops. Yeah. Peace. Bye-bye.